Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Coronavirus is throwing the NFL into chaos. Critics say it all shows how impossible it is to play football out in the open without a bubble environment. It's hard to believe that the end of the NFL's regular season is now only a few weeks away and that the Super Bowl is around the corner. At least that's the plan right now. So far, no regular season games have been canceled, but there have been a number of delays as team after team learn of new outbreaks among their players. The Baltimore Ravens recently had 23 people on its COVID-19 reserve list, meaning 23 players had either tested positive or been in close contact with someone with the virus. And after violating safety protocols, the New Orleans Saints were fined $500,000 and lost a draft pick. To reduce the spread of the virus, the league has responded by imposing stricter safety protocols like new mask-wearing requirements, restrictions on team meetings outside of training facilities, and COVID testing for visitors. And the NFL's COVID testing program has started to show a decline in the number of positive tests among players and personnel. That's a good thing. But can the league keep things under control? Is it even possible to play a contact sport and stay safe without a bubble environment? On today's episode, I get an insider's perspective from former NFL player and now CNN sports anchor, Koi Wire. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. You know, I wonder if we could just start off with a recap from, from your point of view of what's been going on the past few weeks with, with all these outbreaks across the league. It seems like every day we wake up with some new report about it. Some people are calling it a, an NFL crisis. For those who haven't been following it, what's going on? You know, what we're seeing, Sanjay, is within the league, it's, it's a reflection of what we're seeing in society and communities all across the country. There was some progress at times, but then there's this spike that we're seeing. And that's been the case with the NFL. In uh, speaking to players and coaches across the league, they're saying it's because some guys are starting to let their guard down a bit. They're not being as safe as they were. So others are saying it's a result of the holidays and more family members coming in to visit. What strikes me sometimes, Coy, is the the various strategies that teams will employ for uh, the 49ers, for example. Uh, They move their team from an area with a high positivity rate to an area with an even higher one because of the regulations. You were a player. You talked to players. I mean, how, how do you justify that to the players? I mean, because it is still their health that potentially is at risk here. Yeah, of course. And you're talking about the Niners who play in Santa Clara County, Sanjay, and they banned contact sports there for a few weeks. So the team made the decision to move the entire staff and player group to Arizona. And as a former player, I can say that would be really difficult. I have a two-year-old daughter. I have a 
two-month-old daughter, my wife, I would be thinking about them. This is a time in our lives where you want to be near the people you love most, right? I actually called a 49ers player and spoke to him, and he said, look, um, it's really difficult. Um, We're grateful because we get to work during this pandemic when so many people have lost their jobs. We're grateful that we can go to work every day, but it's tough. He's like, it's like we're on a perpetual road trip, but we can't even go out and have the normal bonding time that we normally do. We can't even go to each other's room to play cards. They're making us stay in our hotel room. Um, he said, you know, I, I look at even the staff members. One of the, one of the strength coaches was on the phone with his son and his son was asking, daddy, where are you? And he said, you know, that, that, that hurt. You know, it's it's funny, Coy, hearing you talk, I, I'm reminded of some of the conversations I had with folks in the NBA about their bubble. And they had this, they had this real bubble. Um, it was league-wide. Uh, they mainly were staying at these hotels in, in Orlando at the time, the Disney resorts. Why why didn't the NFL consider doing something like that, like a league-wide bubble? Um, of course, the teams are bigger. We get that. It would have been more logistically complicated. But this is the NFL. And if we're talking about trying to do everything you can to make it safe and responsible, did you hear if that was a consideration? Um, it was shot down very early stages, you know, and the high-ranking official that I spoke to about that. It's just near impossible with the amount of players on a roster. I mean, you're talking quadruple that of an NBA team times, you know, 30 two teams it's and staff on top of that there's just so many people that you would have to try to have descend upon one place for months and months on end i think the private costs would become too exorbitant i think the there's any way the players association was gonna uh push for that you know other leagues had to miss games the nfl has not missed a single game they're not in a bubble but they're still powering through this season and finding a way to make it happen and, tr- and finding a way to contain spreads once, uh, once they occur within organizations. Um, so, I, th- you know, you have to, you know, tip your cap to how they've been able to stay pretty much on schedule, you know, given a, a postponement here or there. Yeah, no, look, I, I totally agree with you. And, and I just imagine, you know, 50, 100 years from now, we're going to look back and say, so we were going through the worst public health disaster, certainly of our lifetime. And we still tried to do things that, you know, by all accounts, uh, could not be done safely. And and it just, I think it just raises some really important conversations about what we value. And obviously, as I think you're pointing to and alluding to, Koi, it's about money. I mean, this was about revenue, ultimately. That was what drove this decision, I think, more than anything else. But, you know, they are trying to do the best they can. They've been enhancing some of their safety protocols as the season has gone on. What, what is different now about how these teams actually try and keep their, their players safe? And, and do you have any understanding of why some of these things weren't done all along? I just spoke to a strength coach on one of the teams who had a breakout, and uh, he, he, he said that they know that it was one person who caused this entire breakout, and it was because they weren't wearing their Connexon bracelet, um, which is, for those listening who may not know, every player, when they go into the facilities, as soon as they step out of their car, they have to put on a mask and they have to put on this bracelet, which is basically a monitor that anytime you're within six feet of someone else, a red light starts blinking and lets the individuals know, step back, you know, so they're wearing these monitors and and they also do something else. If someone does test positive at some point, those devices then send data that, that show 
With whom was that person in contact? At what distance and for how long was that person in contact with others? And so that they know right away to isolate those other individuals as potential carriers of this virus. So um, the strength coach also told me that they brought the number of people allowed in the training room from 20 down to 10 people at a time. That's it. Um, they have separated half the equipment into their indoor turf facility, which is open air, so they can further spread these players out. And when it's time for them to switch halfway through the workout, they all walk on a dotted line, on a single file line, keeping their distance. It's very militaristic is the word he used. And they had to get more discipline and more focused and more strict with their protocol. So it's how they're doing it. I'm sure there's going to be more changes as we get to this push of the playoffs. And, and, and you know, we, we may see that uh, once they get into the playoffs, there is more talk of a, a more, more traditional sort of bubble environment that we've come accustomed to in other leagues. Yeah, it, it's um, it's it's so interesting to see, right? Uh, yeah, I went to one of these training facilities here in Atlanta, and and saw some of these things you're talking about. Uh, you know, the lines, the the eating outside, the separation, uh, locker room use being discouraged on non game days. People staying even in hotels close to the training facility, so they didn't have as much of a commute going back and forth. Just everything to try and reduce exposures. But you look at the NFL. You hear about these protocols in place, and yet you're still hearing about players who who won't wear masks or are sloppy wearing masks or seeing people outside of their household, increasing their risk of exposure. Like, what do you think is – I don't know there's an answer to this, Koi, but I'm just wondering, like, what do you think is going on there? Is it is it defiance? Is it laziness? Is it is it not believing that this is even real? Well, the, the one player I spoke to, um, you know, on the 49ers organization – um, he, he painted it as, to your point, the laziness factor. In a world where it's already difficult in the NFL, uh, with the schedule, with the time commitment, with the work you have to put in, and now during the pandemic, there's even more. They can't even go into the training room anymore, Sanjay, just to grab a bag of ice. They have to schedule that a day in advance when possible. And, and, and he's seeing that a lot of guys, they're not willing to go the extra mile that it's taking right now to try to keep everyone safe. When you when you watch as a as a fan, but also someone who has such knowledge of the game and knows so many people's uh, so many people in the league, how would you how would you sort of uh, describe the level of play that we're seeing uh, this this season, and how are fans reacting to that? Uh, I think there's certainly a competitive disadvantage um, for for certain teams, and um, are the Denver Broncos played an entire game without a quarterback. They had a guy who just like last month was working in sales, had never played a game in the NFL in his life. He was on the practice squad as a wide receiver. And he has to go in there in his NFL debut. His dream's supposed to be coming true. It became a nightmare. There were, there were, there were nine passes thrown by this guy. And, you know, I think three of them completed. Bad news is two of them went to the other team. They were forced to play that game with a competitive disadvantage and they lost. But then you have a team like the Ravens where they were supposed to play on Thanksgiving Day and they got their game pushed all the way back till Tuesday night, almost a week later, that allowed many of their key players, including the reigning league MVP Lamar Jackson, to come back and play because he was on the reserve COVID list. Um, And so 
it's not just, you know, fans seeing that certain teams and certain games are like, why are they even playing this game right now? It's players within the league who are, are not so happy with about some of the decisions being made. Often money and viewership uh, would probably be the driving factor in some of those decisions. And one of the things that's going to come up, as you well know, is, is the Super Bowl. I mean, if you got such high positivity rates in so many cities around the country, there are people arguing that the Super Bowl should not happen. I'm wondering what you're hearing about that. And, and I mean, what are the potential options here? Changing the date, moving things around? What, what, how could this play out? Well, I, sp- I spoke to one high-ranking official within the league, and there, there has been no talk about anything other than continuing forward with this season and staying on schedule. The NFL has made their mind up about that. Um, in terms of moving the Super Bowl, but there is the possibility that it could be moved back if need be uh, in order to allow teams appropriate time to to um, recover if they have any sort of positive cases or if or if the schedule gets so jumbled here heading into the playoffs that they have to push the playoffs back even um, there has been a Super Bowl that was moved. It was moved back one week in the 2001 season, and that was New Orleans due to 9-11. So it, it, there is a precedent for moving uh, Super Bowl timeline-wise, and uh, we'll see if that has to be the case again. I've talked about this a lot, and I think it's no secret that I think moving forward with the Super Bowl in Tampa and continuing to have teams, possibly even fans, gather for these games, it's just not a wise idea. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I love football. You probably know that by now. And I appreciate the pressure the league is under to keep players and staff employed and give fans something to watch. But when I think about what's going to go down in history books, what people are going to think when they look back on this pandemic 50 years from now, when just about every state in the country is under crisis managing the spread of COVID, that we still had guys out there playing football and possibly fans gathering in stadiums, I just think it's going to be hard to justify as a doctor, frankly, as anyone. And it's not just football. What's going on in the NFL is a reflection of what's going on throughout the country, as Koi said. There are people who are trying very hard to follow the public health protocols, and there are people who are getting careless or sloppy, really feeling the COVID fatigue. It's real. But I want to remind you that we cannot afford to get sloppy right now. We can't. We've got to do everything we can to keep ourselves and our community safe for just a little while longer. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. The new year is just around the corner. What are your hopes and dreams for the post-pandemic future? Once this virus is in the rearview mirror, what's the first thing you want to do? Maybe it's something you miss doing or something that you're planning that's special. Big or small, silly or serious, we want to hear your plans. Record your thoughts as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them in an upcoming episode. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.